Welcome to episode 59 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. So subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastPod, Tune in, and of course, we're on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram. Our handle is TwizPod. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. So I'm Sean. I'm Nye. What's up, y'all? Hey, Nye. So what are we calling this episode? My mermaid's black. My Lambo blue. <laughs> <laughs> and was in Indonesia, we see y'all. All right, so getting right into this ratchet minute. For those of you who haven't heard already, so Haley Bailey, not to be confused with Holly Berry, because for a minute, that's who I thought they was talking about. But Haley Bailey, who's actually one half of the singing group, Chloe and Haley, are they sisters? Are they twins? They're sisters. They're not twins, but they're sisters. Okay, so yeah. the, I've seen them perform with Beyonce. So anyway, one of the sisters has been cast as Ariel in the live-action Little Mermaid movie um, that's set to premiere probably sometime next year. So... With that casting, of course, you know, our 2520s, a.k.a. our white people, were not happy at um, the choice of having a black Ariel. So hence the hashtag that started on Twitter, not my Ariel, with people complaining <laughs> about Disney changing her skin color of this supposed beloved fictional character. So um, I had one quote. I just thought it was funny. There was a Renee. She might as well have been a Becky. She said, this is like someone making a movie about Oprah Winfrey and hiring a white girl to play Oprah. Oprah is an icon we wouldn't want to change her what they need to tell becky is that oprah is a real live breathing person Absolutely. ariel is a damn goddamn fish <laughs> a fish okay? a, look a fish an imaginary fish half human <laughs> half fish that doesn't even exist in real life okay Come on now. and you know, it's just so crazy because i said truth be told if you read the real little mermaid story like it was not for kids at all the real mm -hmm. ariel like committed suicide it was it was this whole big thing there was a lot of killing so you know disney kind of you know made it for the kids this is not the first time they have turned you know i i, I just i appreciate disney for doing it Mm -hmm. I cannot believe we're still in this day and age where people are complaining. Now, now they'd have made the fit the fish black. <laughs> <laughs> and they mad. <laughs> and they and they so mad. They the 2520s. The white the YTs are so are so upset about this. But you know, kudos to her. I'm I'm actually yeah. really excited. This is this one small step for man, two small steps for mankind. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's cute. I think it'll be a cute little it's a live action uh television uh event right yeah yeah okay. yeah it's gonna be, be cute i think she'll do a good job i like those those sisters they're on um on blackish i'm not blackish grownish which i love i kind of i feel like i'm really reliving my youth when i watch it um i gotta get into it i haven't i haven't really watched it's so cute and they touch they touch on like some really um you know big issues for you know that demographic um so it's you should watch it's really cute i like okay. it yeah. Will do, will do. All right. Okay, moving on. Where are we? Okay, so we are at, this is the Ratchet, I believe. Yeah, so you saw, <laughs> is it, it ASAP? Oh, okay. Yeah, this is ASAP Rocky. So um, as we know, um, ASAP Rocky, he and uh, I guess it's him, he, him and a few of his um, entourage, they got arrested over in Sweden because apparently they got, they got enough, a street fight, a street brawl. Uh, with hmm. some, some locals, and um, they got arrested. So it's been a whole big drama. People are like trying to get Kim Kardashian to reach out to Trump <laughs> to see if they can get him released. And you know, Trump went on Twitter and was like, you know, he reached out to the Swedish government to release ASAP Rocky. You know, this is a travesty what the Swedish people are doing to African Americans. <laughs> and so the Swedish president, I don't know what his name is. He came back. He was like, we did not speak to Trump. We don't have a bail system. And ASAP Rocky will be in jail into his trial. And, and just recently, he actually was, um, he has been convicted of assault. So there's some, some photos that are, um, that have been floating around um, just uh, of the actual brawl and like the, the bruises and, you know, that the, uh, the people that were assaulted had. It, it, it looked really brutal. Like they, they, they stomped this dude out. 
they stomped him out. Like it is, it is pictures of of his little crew surrounding this guy that's on the ground, and they look like they are doing a 1990s stomp out. Shit! <laughs> God damn it! And it's, you know, it's really interesting because you know, uh, you know, black Twitter and you know, people in the socials are kind of rallying around um, ASAP Rocky, but you know. Not too long ago, a few short years ago, he, you know, he was trying to distance, distance himself to Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's really interesting how this is all playing out for him. Um, he did an interview back in 2015 with um, Time Out, and I'm going to quote him on what he said. Um, he says, they're not forcing me to do shit. Um, I just want to stay black and die. Why? Because I'm black. So every time something happens because I'm black, I got to stand up. What the fuck am I, Al Sharpton now? I'm ASAP Rocky, even though Al Shopta can't do shit. But I'm ASAP mm-hmm. Rocky. I didn't sign up to be no political activist. I want to talk about my motherfucking lean, my best friend dying, the girls that come in and out my life, the jiggy fashions I wear, my new inspirations in drugs. That's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about no fucking Ferguson shit because I don't live over there. I live in fucking Soho and Beverly Hills. <laughs> I'm in the studio. I'm in these fashion studios. I'm in these bitches' drawers. I'm not doing anything outside of that. That's my life. <laughs> I'm in these bitches' drawers, nigga. <laughs> Bet you ain't talking that shit now. Right. Somebody's in your drawers right now. Swedish meatballs is all in your drawers. Somebody said, there was a quote on the social. They said, why is he upset? He's in fucking, um, he's in Sweden, locked up in Ikea. Why he mad? (laughs) So that was hilarious. Wow. Well, you know, I, that's just such the pot, it's just just such the pot calling the kettle black. You know, and this one, when you run your mouth, and this is what I've said before, you know, we have so much that we say about living in the United States and, you know, especially with the justice system, but let you come outside of this country and see how their legal system is set up. Because from my understanding, he was held for a period of time, weeks, mm-hmm. without even being charged with anything. Right. And that, you know, yeah, when they yeah. was content to just have him sit there and just wait it out. So, you mm-hmm. know, ASAP, this is where your mouth gets you in trouble because all of that, you, should, you shouldn't even been talking all that because look where you are now. And I will say, I went to Sweden last, um, I went around Thanksgiving last year. Don't ask me why. But one thing I will say is like, they, they love our music. It pumps through the streets. You hear Luther Vandross. I remember, man, I don't know what it was. They kept playing Ashanti and Neo just mm-hmm. over and over. Every store you go into, it's it's like I said, it's in the common areas in the streets. But as far as like, they don't see you. Right. You know what I mean? Like you, you'll walk, you know, black people, I don't felt like they, you know, I mean, maybe they, they're they being polite, they, which I understand they're very polite people, but it's like, they don't see you. But, you know, I'm like, are y'all listening to Luther Vandross out here? Something, something's got to be, y'all, y'all know something. So um, we'll see how this plays out for him, you know, because that's, it's very much the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah. And now I mean, I'm sure he want, he want to put Jesse Jackson or somebody on a plane to come on out there. I know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's you're out there. It's Real definitely an, an unfortunate, um, you know, an unfortunate thing to happen to be locked up in a foreign country. You know, mm-hmm. uh, to be locked up, period, is is terrible. But to be to be in a foreign country, so I I, I can imagine. I can't even imagine what he's going through. But you know, um, sometimes you got to humble yourself. And if not, if you can't, if you can't humble yourself, life will humble you. You know what I'm saying? That's exact. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so you know, hopefully it'll all work out in his favor. But it, it says, from what I understand, he's looking at two years. Shit. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. You know, I, I call one of them fashion houses. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> call them bitches draws. You be in. <laughs> I be in bitches draws. I put that on a t-shirt. I be in. I'll be in bitches' draws. <laughs> that is the most ignorant shit to say. I swear. Yeah. I'll be in these bitches' draws. All right. <laughs> it was funny, though. It's hilarious. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, you know, ASAP, get it, get it together, hopefully. All right. Moving on. We got to talk about Big Daddy Diddy. All right. All right. Big, Big Daddy. Daddy did it again. So. Big Daddy. 
allegedly, but I, I think this is this is way more than a rumor. I think this is fact now. So P. Diddy is dating Steve Harvey's 22-year-old daughter, Lori. So um as we know, you know, Diddy's been through a lot. You know, and I think I was calling him 50 years old, but he's 49. So I'm I'm gonna That's give him fine. give him his flowers <laughs> right now. So what we understand is that Lori has been sort of like a member of Diddy's extended family. She was really close friends with the late Kim Porter or and and she actually called Kim Porter Mama Kim on social media. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it seems like they have been photographed out with matching outfits like they go on the Six Flags. Remember back in the day when you used to um, <laughs> we used to match your outfit with your boo when you go to Six Flags like. I used to do that. I used to wear the the um it was like my my green and orange. I just like those colors together and boo you had to wear the same thing. So anyway, um they were spotted matching blue and white stripes, coordinating outfits and they've been they've been they went to the reggae festival here in Miami. Um they were out in New York City and you know they've been spotted out. So I guess, you know, they are a thing. This is a thing. So what I find is interesting is Diddy has known her since she was 14 years old. Mm -hmm. So that's a good, what, eight years? Look <laughs> Over there, I don't, you know what? I don't even want to say what I'm thinking in my mind. Because, okay. Because I'm in 41, right? Am I right? This is getting, the numbers is getting crazy. Hold on. Wait a minute. It's like a 27 year difference, isn't it? I Girl, I, I have to pull out my calculator. It's too much. It's a whole person in between them. It's a whole grown adult. So, because she's what twenty one and he's forty nine, so that's twenty eight years. Ooh, child. So, yeah. So, what do you think about this? I mean, <laughs> you know, I you know, so set aside the age difference because you know, even though she's an adult, but even though she's still a baby in the eyes of a fifty year old fucking man. Um, she is an adult, but I think where the, the foulness is, is that first of all, you watch this child grow up as a, as a, as a, as a preteen teenager to an adult, you watched her grow up. So when, when, when did she change in your eyes or did she always, did you always look at her in a certain way? Uh -huh. a little bit creepy. And then number two, um, didn't his son used to date her? Chris? That's what I thought. The, the yeah. one that. Um, just know, I, I kind of I right? had a feeling that something like this was going to happen because Diddy likes to 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 swim in the in the young pond um, with these women that are his his kids' age, you know. So I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. It was just a matter of time. But you know, I just I just I think with, Diddy just really needs to grow up. <laughs> grow up, man. Yeah, I'm just oh, like, you know, he has daughters, three girls. Right. And you know that she, at some point, he had to have looked at her as, as a daughter at some point. If she's calling Kim, Mama Kim, mm -hmm. you know, she's calling him Big Daddy Diddy. Sugar <laughs> <laughs> <Took a> Diddy. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, this is this is this is creep level right here. I wonder what Steve Harvey has to say about this. What is he I would love to know what he has to say about this. That that's that's who I really want to hear. Cause I mean, it sounds like they they have like this family type thing. So right. how do you, how do you swerve it into? Mm -hmm. Because you know, best case scenarios in situations like this, when you have a family friend, a male family friend, you you want them to be a father figure to your kids. You know what exactly. I mean? Or, you know, like an uncle, especially if the families are close, you know, it's like a, a uncle. It's Uncle Uncle Diddy. You know what I mean? But that's what I'm saying. It's Mama Kim and, and Papa Diddy, I guess. Oh, this is, this is, I know more though. Crossing the line. Y'all got on matching outfits. <laughs> oh, God. They go on the Six Flags or Bush Gardens or something with them outfits. Man, I just, poor, poor Christian. Oh, no, wait a minute. I thought she was dating Justin. I think it's Christian. It was, oh man. And Chris, what is he like, 20? 19? Yeah, he's oh. around her same age. Oh, so I thought like, it was the other son. He is like a carbon copy of Diddy. He looks just like him. He is. And I guess in Lori Harvey's mind, she just upgraded, I guess. I don't know. And somebody, mm. somebody said, uh, Lori Harvey just gave City Girls 500 points. <laughs> she just, she just won City Girls summer for the whole summer. 
took one for the whole entire team. Yeah, she carried the whole team on her back. <laughs> Everybody's getting the settlement. Well, oh, city boys lose 500 points. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, it, it just... I I had this talk with somebody like, you know, back in the day, I don't know about you, but I know, you know, when you were like 15, I, when I was like 15 to 16, you know, the older, older guys, they wanted to talk to you. Yeah. So always like, you know, over 21 or whatever. Mm -hmm. I just feel like now it, it looks so disgusting, it but does. I just remember back in the day. Because, you what, know what? what you I, I read somewhere when they said, you know, this, 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 you know, 25, 30 year old man that thinks, doesn't think you're mature. What's really going on is that the women that are in his age bracket see the bum in him. So that's why he <laughs> fucked with the little girl. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. Right. As, as, a, as you grow older and you could, you see that like, man, cause what kind of conversation did I have when I was 15? Right. Right. <laughs> talking about 5411 and, um, chicken cheesesteaks that I had discovered. <laughs> oh my goodness. And press on nails. I could tell you nothing about nothing else. And tapes. Trying to cop me a cassette tape. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know nothing about nothing else. So just, but that, those were the times. So, you yeah. know what? One thing I, I did read and it was saying was like, you know, he's been through a lot of heartache and heartbreak recently. So, you know, anyone that can bring light to his life, he cherishes. So, you know, she's one of those people that makes him smile. So that, you know. Lord, it is a million people out here. In the midst of all this nastiness. Mom. That's disgusting. All right, Diddy. Okay. Sugar Diddy. I'll call him Sugar Diddy from now on. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. <clears throat> Moving on, are we, we are at the woke minute? Yes, we, we are. Yes. We just don't have no, like, we don't have no segue. We don't have no nothing. It's just like, just, just jump in. Okay. All right. Well, this woke minute um, is uh, on a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. And in the wake of the death of Cameron Boyce, the um, very talented Disney actor who, according to his family, died in his sleep following an epileptic seizure at the age of 20. And um, for those that know me, that story, his death um, especially resonated with me very deeply um, because I'm the mother of an 11 year old with epilepsy. So, you know, when I first heard of his passing, I just, I just cried. Um, I cried for the entire day. Um, so, Cameron reportedly he died of what's called SUDEP, S-U-D-E-P, which is sudden, unexpected death in epilepsy. It's kind of like SIDS, uh, the sudden infant death syndrome, where scientists really don't know exactly how, what causes it. Um, there's a lot of theories uh, sur surrounding it, saying that it's a type of seizure. There's maybe heart problems. There's impaired, uh, some sort of impaired breathing that happens during the sleep. Um, the only thing that you know, I think science knows is that there are some people that do have epilepsy that go to sleep and they do not wake up. So some numbers for you all. There are about 50 million people who suffer from epilepsy worldwide. And of that 50 million, one in 1000 will die from SUDEP. Specifically African-Americans, they are more likely to be diagnosed with epilepsy in an emergency room than white Americans. That has a lot to do with, um, healthcare checkups. Um, African-Americans are more likely to develop epilepsy over a lifetime than white Americans. African-Americans are more likely to experience status uh, epilepticus, which is basically a medical emergency in which the seizure continues for more than 10 minutes. And also African-Americans are less likely to experience active epilepsy, which means they are less likely to have epilepsy that's under control. That's the numbers for us. So um, 
my research is understanding that the statistics, they're very underestimated because there is such a stigma and there's still the discrimination that surrounds people who come out with epilepsy. Um, it's very hard to reveal an epilepsy diagnosis because it can affect your work, um, your mobility, your driving. I know people personally who are not able to drive and cannot get a license because of their um, epilepsy diagnosis. And I will say, even with my son, there were certain times when he was sing, uh, singled out in school once the diagnosis was, was um, you know, made public, so to speak, with his teacher. So, you know, also as a result of the fact that doctors, they don't really talk about SUDEP. And, you know, I think it's because they don't want, they want families to be hopeful. They don't want to um, scare you, you know, but honestly, I never heard of SUDEP until I did my own research. I didn't know anything about it. Um, and even Cameron Boyce's family, you know, they kept his diagnosis private. A lot of people did not know um, that he had epilepsy. So, you know, um, as a mother, you know, mothers, we always worry about our children. I think um, as an epilepsy mom or a mom of a, of a child with epilepsy, our worries go a lot deeper. Um, you know, you were with me the first episode that he ever had. Do you remember that? Absolutely. I, I will never, ever forget it. I know you do. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, I, I, it was a time of really turmoil in my life. I was going through a divorce. I was going through a business divorce. And you, my friend, came to visit. And I think we, we were still trying to dip it and do it. And I had plans and you had plans. And I think I was going to have a sitter come over. And for some reason that night, both of our plans fell through. Mm -hmm. Nothing worked out. So which meant that we were, we were home. You know, we were at my house. And, you know, you would come to visit. And, you know, I just remember... Um, I thought he was sleep, sleeping, and I just heard something. It sounded like because he was grinding his teeth, and and you know, if anybody has ever experienced that, it's something you don't want to ever see in your entire life, especially with your child. I didn't know what was going on. You didn't know what was going on. We didn't. We had no idea what was happening, and mm -hmm. you know, when he had um, was having a seizure in his sleep. Um, I'm just I'm getting a little choked up now because that was. Girl, I'm just, I'm so thankful that you were there. Yeah, um, I just, I feel like the the stars were kind of aligned, for lack of a better word, for, for it to happen at that moment. Because like you said, we both had plans, plans fell through. Um, and, you know, you know, had I had, had I just been there and been asleep, I probably would not have heard him at all because I'm, I'm a, a hard sleeper. Um, so it's good that you were there and you heard him and, you know, you, you know, you went to him and then, you know, we, you know, we called the, the, uh, the paramedics and you called them. Cause I, I, I couldn't even remember the number for now. Yeah, I called them and, you know, got them there and followed their instructions. And it was, it was very traumatic and, and scary to watch because at that point, um, I'm not sure how much time had passed, but, um, you know, it, it, he just, he just was looking out into space. It was just a really, he had a really blank look on his face. It was just, it was, it was really scary. And I'm just thankful that, we were both there and we were able to, you know, get the paramedics there and get him stabilized and get him treatment and help because, um, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. It was, it was just, it was very traumatic for me. And I, you know, I've, I've seen people have seizures before. Um, when I was in middle school, there was a kid that was in my class that has, you know, would get seizures and it was very scary to watch. Um, and it's almost like we kind of knew uh, when he was going to have one because mm. it was, his was triggered by heat. And girl, we have no ACs <laughs> in wow. our school. So I, we always knew once it started getting to a certain temperature, you know, we always kind of watched out for him. And just like clockwork, he would, you know, he would have it. So I kind of, you know, just by watching those episodes, kind of knew what to do. Um, but it's interesting. Um, you, you haven't spoken about what you should do if someone's having a seizure. But, you know, a couple days after that, I went to the, I had a doctor's appointment. I was just walk, you know, leaving a doctor's appointment. And there was a mother and her daughter talking about, um, you know, talking about the, you know, this, this kid that just passed away and the mother, you know, some of the stuff that she was telling her daughter to do, you know, she was like, you know, he, he caught a seizure. That's not how it happens. Not a cold. And yeah. she said, you know, is, you know, we have to make sure that if you, you know, if you see someone having a seizure, they don't swallow yeah. his, their tongue. I'm like, 
you can't swallow your tongue. That's like impossible. <laughs> right. There's a lot of misinformation out there on what to do if you, you know, if someone's having a seizure. So, yes. Um, so I wanted to, yeah. And that was, I mean, first of all, I didn't know that that's what it was, you know, because before that time I had, I had never seen one. I had heard about it. My son, he has what's called tonic clonic seizures, which the onset is usually from lack of sleep. It, it usually happens at night. Um, and it takes over his entire body um, where there are the tremors and, and so on and so forth. So, um, and it's very, I mean, as we've said here, it's very frightening to witness. Um, but the thing about most seizures is that they stop on their own. There's really no permanent ill effect from one. And there really isn't much you can do to stop it. You're not supposed to hold the person down. Really, you're just supposed to protect them, uh, protect the area around them. Um, and you should know that it taught me look, I had to go to class and learn basic first aid because I didn't know. Um, so you need to know, you know, when it's something that you can handle on your own and when it's time to call 911. So really the basis is just keep other people out of the way, um, clear any objects, any sharp objects around um, from the person and don't try to hold them down um, or stop the movements. Um, it's a good thing to place them on their side so you keep the airway where clear um, and time it, which has been, was a huge, it's so difficult to do, um, to start of the seizure because it feels like it's going on forever. And, you know, my son has had seizures that have lasted two minutes, five minutes, um, 10 minutes is where you really need to call 911. Don't put anything in their mouth because like you said, Nye, contrary to popular belief, you can't swallow your tongue. And I remember, you know, hearing you're supposed to put a, a a spoon in the mouth, but you're not supposed to put any objects because they can actually bite down really hard and, um, and, and hurt themselves. So, um, you need to know when to get medical help. Number one, if it's a child's first seizure, um, two, if the seizure lasts longer than five minutes, um, or if another seizure happens soon after the first one, or if the person doesn't wake up after the movements have stopped, um, or if the person was injured by the seizure. So the, some of the things, you know, to look for when they happen. So as I was saying, you know, my son developed them when he was five years old. Um, and like I said, it was it, it at that it, the whole thing was a blessing and a curse. Honestly, um, I'm probably the best person equipped. You know, I used to be like, why me? Um, but I'm probably the best mother that that be to him hundred times fold in light of this situation. And his seizures are controlled by medication. We see a neurologist regularly. And, you know, he is just, he's so educated and aware and empowered. And that is something that I instilled in him um, to not look at this as a diagnosis that handicaps or cripples him in any way. So I've, I have done a lot to empower him through this. So um, I really just, you know, like I said, the news of Cameron Boyce passing just really brought this up and it really hit home for me. And I really wanted to bring this and and speak about this to you all. Yeah, this this um, this is definitely needed to have this talk. Um, I think, you know, this kid's death. I think anytime a, a kid passes away, it's always just so shocking. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. And, you know, we used to watch him at uh, my son called when he heard the news because we watched we used to watch Hey Jesse, um, which was a show that he was on. And, you know, I, I didn't know that his father was black, was African-American. Mm -hmm. um, the actor always, I, he, you know, he always plays the, the white kid on everything that I've seen him on. So it was really interesting to know that he had this heritage and that um, he embraced it. Um, which even brought it closer to home, you know, for us. So rest in peace to Cameron Boyce um, and, um, you know, stay educated and stay aware to all, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. Let's move on. Where are we? Uh, I used to be scared out of it. Not no more, though. <laughs> like a real bitch. I swear I love our non-transitions. <laughs> Who does this? Us. I know. It's hard. It is hard out here. These transitions. <laughs> All right. What we got? What we got? 
All right. So we had the weekend dick report. Um, and so we had this um, this little situation emailed to us. This is a personal friend of Sean's um, who will remain nameless. Um, mm-hmm. But she has a little interesting situation. Uh, so situation. let me go ahead and get into it. So, um, so she says, I met this guy about four months ago. We've hung out quite, quite a few times. We speak daily. Um, the other night, I decided it was time. I was ready to sleep with him. I don't usually wait this long, but because we had developed a friendship, I thought it was important to like really. Said I don't usually wait this long. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're all grown out new streets. <laughs> all right. So the other night, I went to his place, and after we hung out, um, I prepared to give him some. Um, he had moved back into his mom's place after she died a few months ago, and he has plans on selling it. So. Um, he removed all of her things and moved all of his things in. Um, when I walked in, I really liked the place. We went upstairs. He unlocked the door to his room. <laughs> so weird. Uh, to grab something. Um, it was nice. He had a king size bed and all. <laughs> Standards are high. Okay. Um, just, as went to, just as I went to follow him, he stopped me and took me to his other room. The room he took me in looked nothing like the rest of the house. It had a futon. It had a mini fridge. The trap house. It was a studio inside the house. Um, He was smiling when he took his clothes off until he saw my face. I looked at him dead in the face and I said, I I am not fucking you here. The room looked like a trap house. The futon didn't even have (laughs) covers of pillows. I said, why can't we go in your room? After hitting, after hitting his blunt for three minutes, three long minutes, he explained <laughs> to me that he knows he needs therapy. <laughs> um, he says he hasn't been able to sleep in the other room, uh, which is his mom's old room since he moved in. So I totally understand. I told him that's fine. Next time we can go back to my house. Um, but I made it clear that we ain't doing nothing tonight on that pissy mattress. <laughs> uh, I stayed there for a few more minutes and then I left. What would you do? We all know black men don't like to vent. Would you be flattered and still deal with him? Or would you, um, or would these emotional issues be too heavy for you? Um, and just a little update. He did come to my house the following week and it was worth the wait. I'm buying this man a ring and proposing. See, <laughs> digmatized already. Well, why are you here? Oh Lord. So, so it's a lot of you go ahead, go ahead. Um, it's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, so it, it's a lot of things that give me pause. Um, you know, I don't know how old this person is, but she's your friend. So I'm I'm assuming she's of a particular age, just like we are. And I think we have I think we, we have we have we have graduated <laughs> to a certain point in our uh, in our adulthood, in our womanhood, that it's certain things I just wouldn't do. You know, so what was interesting to me for me in this story is that his this room was locked. I don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't really understand why that room was locked. And then if he has access to the whole house and he moved her stuff out and his stuff in, why does he have like this one room set up like a studio, like a, a, an apartment? But he just said I need therapy. You, I mean, that's I I think okay. That's- okay. I, I, <laughs> He said he need help. He needs help. So I'm okay. So he's, he is basically like uh, barricaded himself into one little room, the crack room, the crack den in the house, and left the entire house because of the, you know, I guess the the feelings. His mother's passed away. He's dealing with some emotional issues. So therefore. He probably cannot deal with the memories of being in that room or being in the full house. So he has carded himself off into the, the crack den. Uh, okay, okay. So that's, that's the need for therapy, right? But then it's like, then you invite somebody over? Right. And then, you know, you got this futon with no sheets and no pillows. That's gross. I'm so mad at the futon. That's like a step above a mattress on the floor. <laughs> I feel like we have we we have we are we are beyond that. We are way beyond that. You know what I mean? And evidently I, I, we're not. 
in theory with me on that in, in reality no but the thing is another thing that i issue that i have with this is that you know when you first meet somebody and it's the first couple of months you know first three four five six months i feel as if you're giving your best foot forward you're giving the best you you know right you, you have polished yourself up to be gleaming to this other person if this is what he's presenting you in the beginning it is, is this your king it is down fucking hill from there i promise you agreed, and then agreed. I, I think another thing that bothers me about this story is that he maybe she's exaggerated but he smoked this blunt for three minutes three <laughs> minutes is a long time to wait for a fucking answer <laughs> like, let's, like pause for 60 seconds time three <laughs> that's a long time <laughs> That's an absolute, especially when you're waiting on the answer, you're waiting on a response from somebody. That's a long time. So, you know, and she says, you know, she says it was worth the wait, but niggas mm. that, sleep, that sleep on futons will always fuck you the best. I, you know what? I don't. <laughs> they got the best big game. I don't know what it is. I, 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 don't, I don't know how that works, but how I'm it so, works. I'm, I'm too bougie at this day and age. Girl, I can't, can't do it. I can't. That thing is on planks on four by fours. Girl, I, is, I can't a, move my ass on that. It's a step. Uh, it's a step above. Did she? So did she lay the, the back part of the futon out to make it a bed? <laughs> <laughs> did you fold it out? <laughs> it's not even a bed, man. It's, it's oh my gosh! It's on four by four or four by fours. And then you know he didn't have sheets on it or a pillow, like. I, this my nerves and the way I'm set up. I this one even I couldn't even no nope. sit on that. Nope. I remember I dated this guy back in the day, and you know he was so cute. Everything was so great. His place was like now. There's a word for it. It's hoarder. He's a he was a hoarder. Oh, so yeah. it was literally you couldn't even see the bed. Oh, and wow. I'm telling you, like, I had to, I think I, I've, I told you this. I like, I couldn't, I couldn't take it. Plus there was like cats. So oh, it was cats. You couldn't really see the bed. It was like the closet. Nothing was hung up in the closet. It was just, and I'm, I'm aquarium, I mean, that is where I'm like, I'm not comfortable here. Hence, mm -hmm. there's a futon there. I'm not going to be comfortable. I can already tell you. And you got a little cot with the, with the, um, with the rolling papers and shit on a little um little tray table. I'm 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 out of here. I'm done. I can't yeah. there's no way um I'm pulling down my pants <laughs> with my <laughs> there's no way my on and sit my cheeks what? on in here on there's, the I'm just there's, no. there's no way I'm airing this coochie out and <laughs> <laughs> We would not. Well, this is what we not gonna do. I'm just. I would just never. I wouldn't be comfortable. And I'm mm -mm, no, no. So more power to her because she actually took it to the next level. And now she talking about she digmatized. Like, Girl, but I, I don't know how you to you, like you said. Uh, uh. Nope. I'm. Mm -mm, nope. I don't know how you would. Everything would be dried up after I saw all that mess. Everything would be, it would be a fucking desert down there. Don't touch me. Don't <laughs> it would be painful to have sex. Oh, like, don't touch me. But, and you know, but the, okay, so, but the real thing is, he said he needs help. And, you know, it's almost like a cry for help. Like, we got some, that's, that's real. He he does need help. He needs to talk he to someone. Yeah, he does. He absolutely he does need help. And it's good that he's recognized it. That's the first step. The second step is getting that help. Please, before you yeah. try to get some coochie, get some help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you try to lay it down. Yeah, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's get that mind right. Cause that's on some Norman Bates type shit to me. Like, what? You got a whole room over here, like a museum? Uh-uh. Yeah, I just it was just why was the so what did he go and get out of the other room? It was the pricing condoms. I don't know. So you leave condoms in your mama's room? I girl, I don't know. I'm just just um it's amazing to me. And then oh, and then on another note, it's like, well, how does he view you? How much respect does he have for you if he feels like you're not good enough for the for sheep for the for the king size bed? You ain't good enough, enough for sheep. Fuck the king size bed. <laughs> you are not good enough for sheets. <laughs> <laughs> 
no pillowcases or nothing. Oh Lord, it's 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 a lot of different. You gotta unpeel. I don't know how. I don't know how you went all the way with this. I just don't. I don't. Uh, They must have been really good friends because I don't that. I would have had the attitude of the century. Like, get me out of here. Yeah. Call Uber. Where are my keys? I'm gone. Goodbye. Won't see you again. Mm-hmm. Have a nice life. Let me tell you uh, this story real quick. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of not like this story, but it's so there was this guy that I met like a few years ago, and we we never really hung out, but we would see each other at different events, and so I kind of bumped into him a few years recently. So mm-hmm. uh, we're supposed to hang out. Um, he lived in Queens. And so I was like, well, let's, you know, meet in the middle or whatever. He's like, no, just come out to Queens. So he's like, I'll get your Uber. So I'm like, all right, I'll do that. Cause I don't really hang out in Queens. You know, so I kind of want to see if Queens have, has the office. So I meet him at his place. Um, it was weird. Cause this was fucking Chinatown in Queens. So I'm like, why do you live here? <laughs> I didn't even know there was a Chinatown in Queens. It is. It's, thriving. it's thriving. So, so we, we go have dinner. We have, you know, dessert or whatever. Then we go back to his place. Girl, so we get upstairs. I'm looking around. Girl, there is like books in Chinese. Or Taiwanese flag. Why do you have that flag? Why books in Chinese? Is this your place? <laughs> I remember this. I'm like, does he really think? And he was really trying to go all the way. He's trying to go to home base. And I'm like, dude. I don't know what is going on right now, but this is not your spot. <laughs> I you have an Airbnb before there was Airbnb. Right. I, this is not your spot. I don't know who lives here, but it ain't you. Oh my God. <laughs> What's not going to happen is I am not airing my coochie out here. <laughs> what we're not going to do. Not gonna happen. So it's like you know, it's like little little stuff, and maybe he needs therapy too. But that ain't my problem. You know, <laughs> mm, get my things. Right, I gotta go, and you gonna call me an Uber? <laughs> Please call me an Uber because I'm ready to go. I'm so the out of here. The audacity of this. That's what that's what it is. It's the audacity. I mean, we got some emotional issues, the audacity of it, the disrespect. I feel disrespected. I'm just like I think outside of like needing therapy, okay, I get it. You need therapy, but therapy, you and therapy is not gonna teach you to put some sheets on your bed. Thank you. That does not have anything to do with your mother dying. That is lack of respect. I can't get over there's no shit. I see you can't. I can't get over the futon. What? There's no shit on it. <laughs> how many people, how many bras have you brought here to fuck on this this futon with no sheets? This coochie <laughs> all over this, this futon. <laughs> I guess he's like their strength in numbers. Like somebody. Yeah, somebody, somebody did. He he was confident. He was so fucking confident. And and the problem with this story is is that you fed into his fucking confidence because you let him do that shit and you still fucked him. <laughs> wants you to ring and wants to and wants to marry him and propose. Man, you are part of the problem, man. <laughs> right, because he has no reason to step his game up. There's no there's no motivation and there's no nothing because you have met him exactly where he's at. This is the problem right here. This is the problem. This is the problem. So, so, baby girl, you need therapy too. Just <laughs> clap this out. You need therapy too. <laughs> no, but but real talk, I just you know you gotta. Oh, I don't. You know, and I love her, so I'm I'm I want I want good things for her. I'm just. I I'm sorry. I just it's just so many things just wrong with this. It just it's just so many things just wrong with this situation. And I, I know that's your home girl, and I know you love her, but um, yeah, it's it's so many things wrong with Hello? Me. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello? Hello, hello, hello. I'm I'm back. I don't know. You just went okay. you just went out. Yeah. Okay. And um, you know, so I know this is your home girl and you love her. Um, and you know, all jokes aside, we were we were you know, we were joking. Um, but really, uh, this is I think this is <laughs> <laughs> well, she already fucked him, so I don't even know what she what she, she is. She asked us, <clears throat> should she fuck him again? 
You know, you know, she ain't nobody listening to us when it comes to this. <laughs> we ain't nobody listening to, to nobody when it comes to that. We don't even listen to us. You <laughs> <laughs> stop fucking what? <laughs> nobody listen. Nobody takes that advice. <laughs> She's just running it past us. Just want to see what you say, but I don't give a fuck. Her mouth right now. She is not thinking about us. Oh, Lord. All right. Well, you know, I think we've we've given some I mean <laughs> advice. Unfortunately, we can't roll back the hands of time, and you can't give you. We can't take back that uh, that uh, that that fuck you gave him. But you just have to move forward with caution and with education. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, moving on. I just uh, be well, sis, and um, do your thing. <laughs> yeah. All right, so. We are now at the I reminisce, I reminisce moment. So this week is my reminisce. I want to take y'all back to the spring of 2008 when Lil Wayne dropped the Carter three. And on that was a milli, a milli, a milli, a milli. That was, let me just tell y'all, I am, I was never a huge fan of Lil Wayne. You know, I, I just, I just wasn't. But I will say this song took me took me there with him. I loved Amelie, and it was like the summer two that was the spring summer two thousand eight. This shit just rocked. It was like he used to say he was the best rapper alive. I will say for this little minute right here with this song, he was. It was just the best lyrics, the best lines. Um, remember, he says, "I'm a young millionaire, tougher than Nigerian hair." I was like, "Damn, you, you real tough. You tough tough." <laughs> Nigerian hair. <laughs> I mean, he just he he laced it. So this was like it was like a summer banger. Like, okay, Wayne. Yeah. Um, you know, Wayne is not. He's a little difficult for the eyes. I, 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 he girl. That time we saw him, we were at Live a couple years ago. High as shit. Him, I'm like, he looked like the gremlin after they ate after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> After you put water on their back, stop. <laughs> oh, God. He was really hard to look at. And the thing is about him is that if you look at his children, they are beautiful. Isn't that something? <laughs> they, that's, I, how, that's how the universe works. I swear to God. And his oldest one, um, what's, her, what's her name? Resume. Uh, she looks like her mother, but she looks like her father, too. But she is a cutie pie. I'm like, I don't I don't know how that happened. And, and the, the kid he has with Lauren London. The, the little boy, he is adorable. So cute. So cute. The kids, the kids he have with, with Nivea, cute. Cute, cute, mm -hmm. cute, cute, cute. I just don't get it. Well, he, he, he may be cute under there. I don't know. Somebody <laughs> saw it. <laughs> and he's little too. He's like, he's like my height. He is shorter than uh, us together. Like, yeah, he's 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 short, short. I remember that night we, we seen him and he was just like, man, I was like, he gonna float off this couch. He's so high. <laughs> And he was, standing, he was standing next to two chains. You know, two chains is like seven foot. <laughs> he came with two chains waist. I was like, how? He really did uh, look like two chains, little kid, like a kid. He had his, his arm wrapped his head. I'm a young millionaire, tougher than Nigerian hair. This was a certified banger. This was a certified banger. It, it was down. I think I'm gonna play it on the way to the club tonight. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm Millie. I'm Millie. That was a shit. All right. Um, where we at? Oh, uh, we're at the support black businesses um, because we believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities and supporting products and services made FUBU for us by us. So this week, <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, is my highlight, and I wanted to highlight one of my homeboys I went to um, college with. Um, really good brother, Kel Spencer. He has a program called Pens of Power. And he's been doing this. Uh, well, actually, he's been in the entertainment business uh, for about 15, 20 years. He's written, um, you know, songs for like Will Smith. He's been Grammy nominated. So he has a, a, a stronghold in the entertainment community. But what he's doing now, <clears throat> excuse me, is he's going to um, these public schools in New York City 
I think it's like a five-week program where he goes into the classroom and he talks to these kids about, you know, really heavy issues that are happening in their communities, like, you know, gentrification, um, mass incarceration, police brutality, displacement. Um, and so what happens is he comes in, well, actually, I'm going to say we, <clears throat> because I was fortunate enough to, to be a part of this um, a few weeks ago. So how the program works is there's a facilitator that comes in. We talk to the kids for five weeks about you know these different issues in the community. And then at the end of the five weeks, Kel comes in with his producer and with the information that the kids have been learning for the five weeks, they create a song. And it's, it's so super cute. Um, the kids absolutely love it. And it's really interesting because um, when I first signed on to do it, I'm, you know, looking through the curriculum and I'm like, this is some heavy topics. I don't know if these kids can can grasp this. These kids are like in fourth grade. Wow. I, I don't know. But, you know, just one day in the classroom with these kids, they got it. They absolutely got it. And to see the finished product of them like creating this song, it was just amazing to watch. Um, and I thoroughly enjoy doing this with him. So I wanted to highlight him. Um, if you are in the school system, if you're a principal, if you're a teacher and you want this program to come to your school, definitely give him a shout out. It's called Pens of Power. You can go on his website, pensofpower.org, reach out to him. Um, it's an amazing, amazing program. Absolutely. Oh, yay. Okay. Pens of Power. All right. So y'all, we have come to the end and we'll just make an announcement. Um, uh, little church announcements here. So we will be going on a little short hiatus. You know, it's City Girl Summer and we are jumping on the bandwagon, right? So um, we will be back new and improved, back with the ratchet wokeness right after Labor Day. So this will be our, um, I'm not going to say our last show. This is one of our best shows that we, that we, um, Look, y'all, we just taking a break, okay? We're taking a break. It's, it's, it's the summertime. I'm trying to air this coochie out. <laughs> Let us aunties live this summer. They support my cheeks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We trying to fuck on some thousand uh, count sheets and gypsy cotton. 1,500 third counts. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. <laughs> terrible. All right. So you can listen and subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastPod, TuneIn, Spotify, and you can find us on YouTube as well. Y'all, we got 59 episodes. So take the time. Go back. Listen, we have, we have really progressed during that time. So I'm interested to hear from y'all. And of course, we'll be active on our social media. So please hit us up. That's that's what I'm saying. You can visit us on our website. That's what I'm saying. Podcast.com. Sign up for the news events. Put us on your email. Put what I, did I say? Put us in your email. <laughs> Put your email in, y'all. Right. Find us on. <laughs> Come on, Grandma. Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now who do we always shout out? All right, we always give a super duper shout out to Vegas World Inc. He is our producer. He keeps us on track and in, online. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, actually, he has a podcast. Um, it's called Hip Hop Now. You can catch him on the socials, um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Vegas World Inc. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, and liking us on social media. Until next week, take care. Take care.